0: you can easily 10x every goal you have. And when you find out that you can't reach your 10x goals, maybe it's because you're only hunting rabbits.
1: What's up, everybody? So what does it take to be the best? What does it take to be like Michael Jordan? A lot of people think it was just skill, talent, and if you've been in a box or you've been looking for something to do during this quarantine outside of growing a beard, you can watch a little show on ESPN called The Last Dance, which was shot in 1998, and they've released it now 22 years later. But it's really interesting to see the greatest player of all time, what really went into making them great, and we hope to share some of that with you today, what we learned from watching it, what it took to get to the playoffs, to win the championships. So with that, thanks for joining us. Today's show sponsor, Chief Health Alliance. I wasn't around to watch Michael Jordan. I was very young. He was pretty much done by the time I was 14 or 15, but one gentleman did get to see it, and his name's Craig Lack.
0: Boo yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there, man. It was prime time. I was still living the dream, playing hoops every Saturday, taking my kids to kids club, owning the sports club, Irvine gymnasium. You know, I tasted it. I played in the NBA summer pro league coming out of college, played against all the NBA guys. It was a riot. I realized they're big, big guys. Yeah. Big guys. And so Michael Jordan, yeah, he broke my heart. He beat the Lakers. But so we got over it and got our fair share from, from the 80s. So, you know, that was the story of the 90s game. And he told Bird and Magic, hey, it's the 90s. Your time's over.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was cool to see him battle through against Bird and, and Magic and, and literally how good he was out the gate, putting like 50 points up in the playoffs. And they all basically knew this guy was the best player when they saw him, I think, in the second year. But, you know, I missed all that. I did see it later in his career, but I wasn't a fan because he was always kicking everybody's ass. And I was a Knicks fan, and, you know, he, he obviously beat us in the playoffs. So I got sick and tired of seeing it because the Knicks weren't going to go anywhere and they weren't going to go to the championship with Jordan in the game. And I thought it was very similar to what we are in our industry. Everything is done to get to the playoffs to get, win this championship. And our championship, if we could put it into perspective, is – if you would agree, Craig, is the goal that you set for the year, right? If I hit that goal, that super goal that I built, built out to whatever I want, that's the championship. And what is the playoffs? Well, I think the playoffs is the fourth quarter. Everybody knows 30 to 50% of the business renews in the fourth quarter. And that 1-1 is very important, sets the stage, whether you count it for the end of the year or you count it for the next year. That's where you want to be. That's where all the action takes place in that fourth quarter. But a lot of us get to the fourth quarter, go through it, wake up in January and go, you know, I didn't hit my goal. I thought I was going to do this. We start making excuses. We say, well, uh, next year. Or it, it didn't go well. And maybe if a, I remember saying, oh, maybe a couple of counts went my way, I would have had a good year. And you never want to put the blame on yourself, Craig. What do you think? You had that problem when you were doing brokerage.
0: Hey, I uh, I had every problem known to man doing my brokerage. That was the school of hard knocks, man. It takes a long time to figure it out when you're on your own. I went out on my own at 24 after 18 months being out of school, and you know I had to learn while doing lots of different things. Squirrel did a lot of different things, a lot of different shiny objects, and landed on benefits because I liked the consistent cash flow. I was like, hey, this is like an annuity stream. This is kind of cool. And so 1997, I said, all right, that's all I'm doing. And then like 2001, set, cruise control, pretty much chilled for a decade. How's that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember you telling me you're going into retirement during this. And I think a lot of some of the listeners, some of, some of you guys listening, maybe you're in retirement. Craig went into retirement for 10 years, hung out with his kids. Some of you may be coming out of retirement, getting motivated. I talked to a lot of you and you were cruising too. And now you want to come out of retirement. But we have to realize, even if you're semi-retired, we can call it, is you're never going to be as good when you're in the game and you're practicing the game. So when you're in this game, you can't expect to get the outcomes you want when you're coming out of retirement and you don't put in the time and what you saw in this show of the last dance was Michael Jordan was on top of the world. He wins three championships. He loses his father. He's mentally exhausted after the three championships and I think 12 years of being in the league and he decides, you know what? I'm done. I'm at peace with it. I want to retire. He goes into retirement, and does what he always wanted which was be a professional baseball player. and You know, say what you want, but if you watch the thing, you could see he started out and he started getting better and better and better in baseball. They beat him up for it because obviously he was so great in basketball. But the reality is, is you fast forward 18 months into baseball. So he missed the first year. I think it was 94. And then you come to 95 and here are the Bulls. They're, I think, 30 and 30. They're a mediocre team. They're just over 500. And one of the players says, hey, come on, why don't you come join us and, and practice with us at the center? Everybody would love to see you. So what happens, of course, he, he practices once, he practices twice, he practices three times the size. You know what? I'm coming back. I'm coming out of retirement. I want it again. So you fast forward into the playoffs year, And meanwhile, he didn't play all year. He didn't have camp. He didn't have his conditioning. He didn't practice. He didn't put in the time. To be ready to excel in the playoffs and win the championship so what happened he comes back at 85 percent it's round two they get beat by the orlando magic who horace grant was on his team two years before and you know so that really burned him up and you know he said i just didn't have it i didn't put in the time my body wasn't right my conditioning wasn't there i built up myself for a baseball body and." I didn't have the basketball body, and everybody sure self-said, Craig, right? Hey, he's done. He can't do it. He's not the same player, <laughs> right? I mean, were you, you, what was going yeah. on then when that happened? Yeah. Just, just no, constant well, doubt? Just
0: some additional background that wouldn't be in the story, but for all of the non-Chicago fans, there was a conspiracy theory at the time that Michael Jordan and Commissioner David Stern made a deal because Michael Jordan was a prolific gambler. And the rumor was that he bet on NBA games, which was a no-no. So him and Commissioner Stern made a deal to say, hey, go do something else for a while, right? We're all, It's all going to be water under the bridge later, and then you can come back later. So who knows whether any of that's true. That's just for the conspiracy nuts out there. You can go and run with it. But no, I mean, he was MJ. He was still young enough to just be, you know, off. This is what's fascinating about basketball, okay? I mean, I played at a high level. Tex Winter was my coach before he went to the Bulls and ran the triangle offense with MJ, and then he went to the Lakers and did it. So basketball is a game of split seconds and space. So all you do is, you know, you very subtly, you, you bump a guy with a shoulder, and you just create enough space where by the time he reacts to whatever you do on offense, it's too slow. It's too late. He can't stop you. And so what happens with basketball is if your timings off, you know, that's when you, you jam your finger, right? Cause you, when you reach for the ball, it was just slightly delayed by the time you thought about it, you could see that the steel was going to come up. And by the time you actually reacted, you were a split second slow. You jam your finger. This is how it was for him. He came back out. He wasn't, he wasn't primed. He wasn't prepped. He wasn't at real time yet. And so it didn't take him very long. And once he got there, then what'd they do? Boom, win, win, no, win.
1: No jump ahead here. But I think I think what happens to us is the same thing, guys, is we get to the fourth quarter, we fail, we don't close as much as we do, and we start doubting ourselves and go, maybe I'm done. I mean, how many times do we say, I can't do this anymore? Me, I'm not that, that good. This ain't going to continue. And you start second guessing yourself. When in reality, the problem is not that you're, you're done, you're retired, you can't do it anymore. The reality is, is you didn't put in the time in the off season to get ready, right? You didn't go through that conditioning to get to the point where you need to be in the se- in the playoff. So what happens, Michael Jordan is furious, hates to lose, and immediately after the game, I'll well, roll the coach clip. After the season, usually there's a time period where Michael takes some time off.
0: The night they lost Orlando, I said, Michael, you know, I'm about to get out of here. Let me know when you want me to see you, because I'll see you tomorrow. Michael had an obligation to himself, the fans, his teammates, the organization, his family, everybody. He said, if you're going to sit down and take three hours out of your day to watch me on TV, I have an obligation to give you my best. To give you my best all the time.
1: So as you see, obviously, he decided, I'm not taking any time off. I'm getting right back at it. I hate to lose. And... You know, he thought of, why do I want to fail in front of fans? I want to give it back to him. So if you start to think, is is what is your why? Craig talks about his why as kids, as your kids, as your wife. What is it that you want to get back in the game out of retirement, become your best, get to the playoffs, win essentially win the championship? And that's what we have to start thinking about. What's going to motivate us to do there? Those of you that in retirement, no judgment, make your money, cruise. But those that want to win, for crying out loud, Find a reason why you want to win. It can't just be, I want to close more accounts. There's got to be a reason why. And what are some of the things you can do to get better? Right. You now have to go and get better. You got to get yourself in a shape conditioning. Some of the things you could do is, is, is my sales skills up to date? Is the language I'm speaking, is this old language that I was using five years ago that's gone past me? Who am I talking to? Is my marketing skills there? Am I marketing getting ready for the fourth quarter? What do you say, Craig? Here's what I say.
0: I've talked to so many brokers. And I think the biggest problem with most brokers is they talk themselves out of it. They're afraid. They're so comfortable with selling to 25 to 100-man groups that they will literally tell me with conviction because they've sold themselves on the idea, I can't sell a 500-man group. I can't sell a 2,000-man group. And it's crazy. And so I try to educate them on the fact that these stories that we tell ourselves are not true. They're just stories we tell ourselves. And so if you've convinced yourself, maybe you're not just comfortable, but you're also a little afraid. You can't let that get in the way. That's why what John just said, your why has to be big enough. The other big issue is all of you think too small, right? Dan Sullivan started in the 90s with Grant Cardone is making a living out of 10x your thinking. You can easily 10x every goal you have. And when you find out that you can't reach your 10x goals, maybe it's because you're only hunting rabbits. You're not hunting deer and elk, and geez, the idea of hunting an elephant just scares the hell out of you. They're just stories you tell. Everybody, we all have these tapes. They started when you were two, three, four, five, and six years old, and most of you are not aware that this is a programmable computer, and so you have to change the way you think about it. Look at Michael Jordan. He lost, and he said that was so unacceptable to him. He knew He had faith, he believed in himself, and he believed in the rest of his teammates that they were good enough to perform at a whole nother higher level. And he committed to doing whatever it took because all of the successful people in history know the simple formula. Just be willing to do the things that unsuccessful people won't, and success is inevitable.
1: Yeah, most people ain't competing. Most people are sleeping at the wheel. And getting back on your game is key to having more success to whatever level you want it to be. And it's just about practicing, right? Finding your why. What are those things that you need to get better at? I remember they talked about Michael Jordan, you know, greatest player, score, everything. And they said to him, you know what? They just couldn't help but to find something bad about him. So obviously the gambling thing was one. But a side note on that, he said, listen, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem. Okay? He was just so competitive to win. But... And Touching on that is like, how competitive are you? For somebody like me, I played poker professionally. It was never about the money. This is never about the money. It's all about winning. At the end of the day, it's about competition. What spark can you find to get you going right now? Because some of you need a spark. I need a spark sometimes You know, whenever competition comes to the plate or something happens, and Craig will know what I'm talking about, some things that happened recently, it just lights a fire under your ass to go, okay, I got somebody to compete against now. I got a reason to work harder and go after it. And what was it for Michael Jordan in this example? Well, he lost the Orlando Magic, which had Horace Grant on him, who was a previous teammate, and he could not take the fact that they were lifting Horace Grant on top of their shoulders, like they won the championship because they beat Michael Jordan in the playoffs. And boy, boy, did that piss him off. So what kind of mindset did he develop? You know, when I first started in this business, I don't know where I saw it. It might have been Jordan Belford, who's speaking at the event. But I think he said, his, his business is war, wins. So I wrote in big letters so into my subconscious right in front of me on a on a soundboard that we used to have between me and my cold caller because it was loud in the cinder block basement and i put businesses war win i was ready to go to war against everybody to win so what did michael jordan do right roll the clip when michael came back it was a new team Michael hadn't played with Luke Longley yet. He hadn't played with Judd Bushler, Steve Kerr yet, Bill Winnington, and all of those guys. That pre
0: training camp was unbelievable. You could tell he was on a mission. By the time camp started, he was in incredible shape, but he was also like frothing at the mouth. That's how angry he was from losing. So every day at training camp was just a war. Every day was a battle, and um, he talked a lot. I wanted them to understand what it felt like to be in the trenches. And if you don't understand, then you're not going to respond when the war starts. Steve, Luke, all those guys, they come in riding high on the three championships that we won in 91, 92. And they had no, you know, anything to do with it. But yet now they play for the Bulls and they, people, no, dude, it's, 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 so, we were when I got there. And we get elevated to being a championship quality team. There's certain standards that you have to live by.
1: Yeah. So as you could see, he prepared himself to go to war and it kind of reminds me, he talks about you won championships, guys came in lollipoping around and it reminds me of guys that Craig, I don't know about you that kind of got into the industry. Their dad was successful. They come in, it's not so hard and they don't know what it's like being in the trenches. So, You know, they weren't there. So he was upset about that. And he had what he had to do. He had to bring them there. So those that maybe came in the agency later that their father started, maybe it's time for your father to kick your ass a little bit and get you back into the trenches, or they already have to get you to where you need to be to win the championship. Because essentially, that's what you're going to see happen. What do you say, Craig?
0: Yeah, it's why 90% of businesses don't survive past the third generation because, you know, the original. The founders do a lousy job of training their replacements. It's been around forever. And so, you know, MJ was making a great point, right? So Orlando beat him in the second round and celebrated like they won the championship. So MJ knew, hey, man, we shouldn't have lost, but we weren't prepared. So he took responsibility. Orlando, of course, didn't go on and win a championship, right? Premature evaluation prevents conception and premature celebration usually prevents championships. So he knew the formula. He knew the game and so listen to what he said i had to get their minds ready it reminds me of the great time i had doing paintball with the kids 2005 to 2010. so in paintball you played 10 games thursday and friday to figure out who played on sunday and you had sunday paintball that was everything if you could play sunday paintball you couldn't win championships we won many many championships and so our kids were tested And my theory, when I trained them, they were, you know, 15, 16. And then, you know, I was done with them by the time they were 20, 21, because they wouldn't listen anymore. And girls were a big deal. So I taught them, how do you make a diamond? You take coal and you put it under a ton of pressure over and over and over again. So our first two years, we played at least one or two tournaments every month. They got their asses kicked. And it was great because eventually they understood how to win, how to play in crunch time. And that's what MJ was trying to teach these new guys was in the last three minutes of the game, that's when it's won or lost. And the guys who are going to blink, the guys who are going to doubt themselves because they really weren't believing they could beat Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls, that's when they'd miss the open shot. That's when they miss the free throw. And so... It is really, truly, in a game of professional athletes where they're all fantastic athletes, the difference, that 10% difference, it's all above the shoulders. It's a mental game. That's what makes the true champions. It's not physical. Same thing goes for our yeah. business. It doesn't matter if you have six people in the room like a big box chain store and go, well, here's our farm D, Here's our risk Council. Here's our communications expert. Here's you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. You can compete against that if you prepare better and change the playing field. So they have to compete with you on a different level than where their strength is.
1: And he talked about getting yourself into gear and shape and his team. I mean, a lot of you guys have teams behind it. Are you a prospect and you have a consultant that kind of comes out with you and helps you with the information? Are they on their game? is your account manager on your game to renew accounts, to get the proposals, the quoting out, get the proper stuff. I mean, I teach my guys now is like, you need to go through the proposal before you ever give it to me and start thinking of how do I beat, even on renewals, Craig, is always like, I want you to look at this like we're going after a prospect. Here's the renewal. Tell me how you're going to beat my renewal, right? That's going to protect me on a renewal because – It's somebody outside trying to compete against me. There's always somebody knocking on the door to take your account and competing. I always said when I was doing retail, which I'm not anymore, I was on my game. I knew the market better than anybody. I didn't think anybody could beat me or worry about losing a renewal outside of my control. And when I went in there, I always felt like I was a bet and I put myself in the best position to win those accounts and and have a good year and win the so-called championship, which would be hitting your goal. It reminds me of when I played poker and I would take some time off. I would play four to five times a week usually. Actually, when I was full-time, I probably played five to six. But after that, when I was semi part-time, whatever, I would play four to five. But what would happen was is if I took two days worth, God forbid, three days off in a row, I was a completely different player. I lost my edge. What does that mean? That means I wasn't practicing every day. So the question becomes is how do we get prepared for the fourth quarter? Right? Practice. What is practicing? You can go on meetings with smaller accounts. Are you cold calling? Are you teeing up meetings and practicing your new pitch? Right? We're always refining the talk, the conversation. It's Corona going on right now. What can we utilize in our talks right now that that would work. So we had a call with a consultant today that we were we put a proposal together for, and we just said I said, listen, this is a car dealership. Your your story is cash flow here. Mr. Employer, how many cars have you sold in the last two months? How does that affect your cash flow? What if we could take the hundred and forty thousand dollars a month that you're spending on healthcare? If I could cut it down to 40 for the first two months and delay 60 days and have a free loan for 60 days for about $200,000. Is that something that would be helpful to keep the business afloat? Right? So I started to come up with a new talk based on the timing, and now that pitch has to be practiced and refined to get it to work. It's not going to just work and come out smooth the first time. It's got to be practiced over and over and over if you want to win. What do you say, Craig? Craig?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Nothing just happens overnight. And if you don't know how to discover it, learn it, teach yourself, you gotta pay somebody to get you through the learning curve as fast as possible because that's the fastest way. A lot of people don't have enough prospects. And so you got the added pressure of maybe doubting that you could sell a 350-man group and then something goes wrong, your laptop doesn't work, and, and, and all of a sudden it just starts to eat away at your confidence. And those are all things where, if you have enough reps and you have enough practice, you'll get over that stuff. So you'll overcome those challenges and not lose your confidence.
1: It reminds me of uh, one of our favorite consultants' advisors called me up one time after Craig had done, I think, five calls with a prospect talking about Syrah. And he said, You know, I don't know if Craig's doing this right. We haven't got any accounts yet. I said, (laughs) It's five groups. How could you judge that on the s- sample size? And sometimes it's the same thing on a benefit size where we're like, this isn't working. Well, what's your sample size? How many times have you gone to bat? How many times have you tried this to see if it works? If you go and you have 15 meetings a year or 20 meetings a year, what is your how good do you think you are? Instead of practicing well, you, every day,
0: are you talking to the right buyer? right? Hey, Alan Iverson at the same time, right? He had the world famous quote, His coach was busting his balls because he wasn't working hard enough in practice. And so the Iverson, you you can watch the old sports videos, like, practice, practice. You know, he just keeps saying it over and over again. Coach is on me because of practice. I mean, now keep in mind, this guy was six feet tall. And back in the days when real men wore shorts in the 80s and 90s, not the stuff they wear today when a little man would go in the lane like him, the big guys used to call it mouse in the house. They'd beat the shit out of you. And go, boy, don't bring that in here, right? So they would foul you hard, and that was part of the game. I mean, the 90s was semi-football with your old brick-nick fans. Uh, And Allen Iverson was such a stud in the games. I mean, hell, he was MVP, six feet tall in the men's league, right? And he got busted because of practice. So you got to find out, right? Are you selling to the right people? Because it doesn't matter how many appointments you have. If they're the wrong person who can't make the decision... You might as well walk over to the wall and beat your head against the wall. It's pointless. You're selling to the wrong people. So a lot of it depends on being at the right place at the right time, talking to the right people, having the right tools, the right strategies, the right tactics, the right talk, the right attitude. Right? I got a call from my buddy today. He said, well, oh, the, oh, the broker wants to send him some logos of clients. And I said, hold on. He just told you to go fetch a rock. I don't fetch rocks, right? And so a little more explanation, but you know, that's the kind of attitude. Watch the old show we did. No is a complete sentence. Most of you are afraid of your own clients, let alone the prospects. You have to learn how to make a prospect treat you as a peer, not a vendor to be toyed with and dissed and ignored.
1: Yeah. You know, I remember you telling me I was all pissed off about a group and you go, that's not the problem. The problem is you don't have enough prospects because if you had enough prospects, you would shake it off. and You wouldn't be thinking about this. You know, today we got noticed that we we thought we were going to get some groups and two of them turned out to be no's. And they were somewhat we thought were at least one was in the bag. And I told Zach, our sales guy, I said, who gives a shit? There's 12 more on the board that are opportunities. It doesn't affect us as that much, but if that's all that you got, then you can't win. So the marketing time is now. This is probably again I, I said this when when Corona situation started. This could be the greatest time ever for people that take advantage of it. What are you doing to refine? I talked to my buddy Trace McConnell. He says we're working on our marketing stuff. This is a time to work on your marketing to create opportunities for you later in the playoffs if you want to win. That's what it takes. I understand if you don't want to win, but if you expect to win, there's practice involved. There's all these different things that we do and we forget about. We just self-doubt ourselves thinking, ah, I'm not that good. Well, It's not really that. You just have to backtrack and look at what didn't I do? It's like when cold calling, if I didn't have enough meetings or close accounts, it's because I didn't have enough meetings. You go back and you look how many calls were dialed, right? What does winning look like? Rich, roll that clip of winning. Oops. This year's Chicago Bulls squad just may go down
0: as the greatest team of all time.
1: The Bulls finished the season with a record of 72-10,
0: and but they said it don't mean a thing without the rings. This one's in the books. Chicago goes to the second round. And Bill Jackson, the NBA coach of the year, has his team in the Eastern Conference
1: Finals. If you know him. So you see there, this is the year after. They lost to the Orlando Magic, okay? Self-doubt in yourself, got beat in the playoffs. He should retire. Maybe he doesn't have it. The next year, the next year, they were suggested that they were the best team ever. They won 72 games that year. Nobody ever did it. The most ever was won was 69 the very next year, okay? And what did it take? You saw what he talked about and what he did. So those of you that aren't having a good year last year, you could have it this year. I talked to a consultant, literally called me before the show, and I told him what the show was about, and he said, you know, that's funny. It's, it's what happened to me is, is I had a down year, and what I did was is I said, you know what, I'm not going to do this, and I put myself to work, and I got up at 4 a.m. every day, and I had million a million-dollar year the next year. And then what happened? Well, he won the championship, and he decided I'm going to cruise. I'm going to go into retirement somewhat. And he didn't have that year again next year. And what did it do? It pissed him off. He says, shit, that's not happening to me again. I'm used to winning the championship. Now he went back to work, and this year he's already rocking halfway to that million-dollar goal because he put in the time. That's the difference. You take the same person one year to the next. All it was was I worked harder here. I didn't work as hard here, and the outcomes show it. You see it there in the year that the Bulls had in 72 wins. You remember that year, Greg?
0: Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Nobody had ever expended that much energy to win that many games. Because you got to remember, for nine years, my client had a suite at the Staples Center. So for nine years, I went from Orange County to LA, went to games, entertained at a suite in the Staples Center. We had 20 people we could put in that thing. We would rock it, right? And I could just market all night long until the last six minutes of the fourth quarter. Because primarily in the NBA, until you get to the last few weeks of the season, you only got to watch the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, man. That's when they start busting their ass. And then in the playoffs, it's an entirely different world. So the fact that been, they just steamrolled people. They cruised to that 72 and 10. You saw what happened with Golden State Warriors recently, right? So they beat the record, but they expended so much energy. See, here's the mind shift. They just wanted to break the record, not realizing that they expended so much energy, but by the time they were 15 games into the playoffs, they were gassed. They were out of gas, and they lost the championship. They missed the whole point, right? I don't know that the Bulls had the intention when the season started to have the best record. It just happened. And then, of course, their whole goal was, it doesn't mean anything unless we win the championship. And... Golden State didn't exactly understand that and paid the price.
1: It's a good story. I Eyeing a prize here, guys. Listen, we're just trying to help you guys motivate you a little bit, let you know that just because you had a bad year last year or the year before you've been in retirement, you could still come out of retirement. You see it. You got to the place where you are for a reason. You've already had success, most of you. And the main goal is the championship. That's where everybody wants to go. So why don't we end it there, Craig? We're gonna play the clip from the championship and we'll close it out with that, guys. we Right back at it, championship year. They finish it, they win the championship, they hit your goal, go out and hit your goal. Guys, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Heads up, Advisor. Thanks, guys.